All right, welcome back to the Flavor of Love podcast. Um, today we uh, talk about the season premiere uh, of Flavor of Love uh, for roughly about three hours. Um, so, I just what what are your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts, um, man, just, you know, the, the season premiere, getting right into it. I was really blown away by Flava Flav's just ability to really just, you know, break down the barriers, break down the walls and really get to know uh, his cohorts. I mean, Alyssa was just a really cool girl. Uh, and I think she'll go really far. Uh, uh, Madison is super cool. Milo is a bitch. Uh, I'll just say it right here and now. I hope she gets canned. I'll tell you that. Um, I hope yeah. she dies. I, yeah, sur- I hope she fucking dies. Yeah, what she's amaz- my public enemy. <laughs> i think what really amazed me was just how shitty flavor flav looks yeah 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 no absolutely i completely agree he 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 looks really bad um all right that's probably long enough where we tricked people into thinking they clicked on the wrong podcast probably welcome back two friends three questions way too many episodes i am out of things to say to you i don't like you anymore actually I never really liked you from the start, so this has been kind of a it's kind of a real uh, cross to bear. <laughs> I'm just in it for the glory, man. I'm yeah. not in it for and the. Friendship. That's exactly what it is, man. Like it, it, it takes a lot to record an hour long podcast with you, and then also to sit down and edit it. So listen to it back, and then like upload it for the world to hear. Like, man, it's the it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Have you listened to an episode and like editing it and just been like, oh, I don't think it's very good. Has that happened <laughs> every, yet? The, every single episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's um, no. There has. I'll I'll tell you um, the one that we uh, just recorded last week. I'm I have to edit out a lot, so there are oh, there yeah. are but. There are episodes where it's kind of good. We go like an hour and 20 minutes sometimes, but I end up cutting down, you know, at least 10 to 15 minutes of just like bullshit and just stuff that we think is funny, but it's not. Or <laughs> well, I think I think my favorite edit that you've ever done and you never even like mentioned it, um, but I caught it was it was one of the early episodes because I was living at my own house, but I went on a Logan Paul rant for like 20 oh, minutes. Yeah. And oh, you just yeah, that's right. Cut the whole rant. Like, it was basically, I was like, man, I really fucking hate that dude. And then it was like, all right, uh, next question. <laughs> you cut the yeah. whole thing. No, I, I know. I definitely did that because I, first, I didn't really even know who Logan Paul was. So it was a very one sided conversation that really just turned into you and, turned uh into you being like ranting about how much logan paul sucks so yeah uh, i figured that probably wasn't quality broadcasting no not no nobody anybody anybody who knows me has heard that anyway (laughs) so right uh you know how i feel uh all right man well let's uh you want to get into the lightning round yes lightning round it up let's do it All right, question one. Eli, if you were a car, what kind of car would you be? I would be the Ford Pinto. That's a really good answer. Why? I don't know why I love those cars. Well, it's either it's well, the Ford Pinto I think is the funniest car in the world because <laughs> it's named after a bean. Mm-hmm. Uh which is uh dumb. And also, it had that recall because it had the gas tank in, like, the very back of the car. Yeah, so if you, yeah. I think everybody weirdly knows about it. But, yeah, if you fucking rear-ended a four Pinto, it would just burst into flames. It would just blow up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that, kind of, that kind of fits. But actually, <laughs> the, I think one of my favorite cars is, is the AMC Gremlin. That's a that's such a good answer. It's kind of similar to the Pinto, but yeah, they're very very similar cars. But I the my favorite cars in the world are not like muscle cars or fast cars. They're the cars that everybody drove in that era. Mm-hmm. So like in the seventies and eighties and stuff. Who like the the normal the cars that normal people would drive like every day. 
I, for whatever reason, I have such an affinity for those cars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, so it'd probably, it'd probably be like that, like a Ford Pinto AMC Gremlin. They're just so 70s looking and just, they're fucking the dumbest cars ever. But I'm (laughs) like, I would, I would drive it every day. Cause I saw an AMC Gremlin where they put the Starsky and Hutch paint on it and did the stripe (laughs) and everything. (laughs) Yes. And it just is hilarious. So I would do that if I had one. Okay. Yeah, no, that's a good answer. Good answer. I was actually going to say a, strangely enough, I think I would be a Ford Ranger, which is funny because that's exactly what I drive. Um, oh. <laughs> it's Honestly, the, the Ford Ranger, here's why I like it. It's practical. You can, you know, carry around a lot of stuff. And I feel like I like to think that I'm kind of a practical guy. Um, it's not flashy. Um, it's a... Uh, it's a little bit of like a, it's, it's got a little bit of like redneck to it, which uh, it's definitely me. Like, uh, I mean, yeah. I love country music, so there's he, just something about. <laughs> yeah, you, you got um, a little bit there. I, I got a little bit there. Yeah. And also it's a truck without being like a, you know, manly big old truck that you have to like worry about parallel parking because I'm not, you know, that much of a truck guy where I have to worry about that. But, no. you know, I want to be a truck guy, but barely. No, I, that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Cool. Um, okay. Question two. How many small dogs do you think you could take in a fight at one time? How small? Like, we're talking like, uh, like I mean, full grown chihuahuas or like uh, Pomeranians. I have actual experience with chihuahuas. Um, I, I would say like 10 fully grown chihuahuas. Dude, I could. You think you, think you could kick 10 chihuahuas asses yeah i do i really do why okay so why is it the limit 10 why not 11 that um, 11 one, 11th one comes in and you're just like nope i'm out tapping <laughs> out <laughs> this is too much but 10 i got this i i just i i've i don't think i've ever been bit by a chihuahua i just don't think it would really hurt that badly even if one got me pretty good like if a pit bull or like a rottweiler or to get their fucking jaw on yeah. a, on one of your limbs, like that's gonna be pretty bad. Exactly. Chihuahua? Yeah, that's that's why I made it like chihuahuas because like a pit bull. I think my answer would be like one pit bull. I think I could take, and then maybe. But but chihuahuas, you're a little easier, a little yeah. easier of a go. I couldn't take a pit bull. A pit bull no. would easily kill me. Yeah. But it, but it, <laughs> I would say about ten chihuahuas. Because man, I. I would never want to intentionally be mean or cruel to an animal, <laughs> but I do feel that chihuahuas are very puntable. Mm-hmm. So, and in this, yeah, no, in this hypothetical situation, you are having to fight for your life. So yeah, don't get for this wrong. Reason. Don't you know, listeners? Don't think we're all about animal cruelty. This is a you know hypothetical situation where these it's kill or be killed. I mean, I I I daydream about punning a chihuahua every now and then. How do you how do you think you would go about taking on ten chihuahuas at once? What's your strategy? Oh, kicking, just kicking, just lots of kicking, flailing. <laughs> but but here I'll go on record to say I daydream about <laughs> punting a chihuahua because it kind of seems like it wouldn't really hurt them. Like I don't want to like <laughs> kick them in the side. I kind of want to just get them into like a football shape and just kind of like, and they'll just like, and just That's go fair. flying and they'll be fine. Yeah, no, I'm sure they'll be fine. But but they always my, land on their feet. Yeah, they always land on their feet. Yeah. That's that's what they say about chihuahuas. <laughs> yeah. They like Taco Bell and they always land on their feet. Yep, yep, absolutely. If I know anything about chihuahuas, it's that. <laughs> it's that. <laughs> All right. Uh question three is kind of a two parter. Um what 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 did you do on your first date with your current girlfriend? Oh, uh I was like, ever? <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> well my uncle well, came I over and, know. You know, just, <laughs> oh no not again <laughs> um my first date with my old lady uh we went it was pretty classy we went to steak and shake no way yeah went to steak did you and get shake. the uh the four dollar four dollar meal you go all out did you get a did you get a steak and a shake <laughs> yeah actually they don't have oh they're steak burgers that's why yeah because yeah, yeah. i was like i don't have steak they're steak no. burgers uh yeah no we just went to steak and shake and just you know it was a pretty chill date um yeah it was really it i mean there's really nothing special at all i do think that we like hooked up after so there was no... <laughs> the first date oh yeah for sure Good, yeah. good on you, man. Good yeah. on you. 
I mean, that's probably the, the most <laughs> biggest part I remember. Okay. Um, uh, that's cool. Sub question. Um, wh- if you had to do it all over again, where would you take a, a date or where would you take your lady on a first date now? Well, I don't know. Like it was very us. Mm-hmm. Like it was because a lot of like, I think my current relationship is centered around just conversation. Uh, so, you know, me and my girlfriend talk a lot. We literally just yeah. sit around and bullshit with each other. Um, right. She could usually talk more. So she usually beats me in that regard. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we, we love having conversations and just talking. So that's really just what it was. We just sort of, you know, went out and got dinner and steak and shake is a nice place. We had to go late cause I think I had to work. So there okay. weren't very many people, but that's what was nice is we got to just hang out there for a good while and, and talk and, you know, take our time with it. And, you know, it was just very low pressure. I think is, I think is at least how I felt like I didn't feel all this extra pressure. Like it was us just hanging out, relaxing. So, I mean, maybe I could have taken her somewhere nicer, uh, maybe in hindsight, but you know, I think it was just very, us. so it's like hard to want to change that. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. You're definitely right. You guys are both super easygoing. So I feel like that's a, that is a very you story because like anything like super, you know, classier would have been like little fake or yeah yeah it would would have been trying a little bit too hard Mm -hmm. and that's not how we roll yeah no that's a good answer yeah very good uh first date idea what me what me and my lady did was we were gonna go uh we made plans to go just to a coffee shop and hang out and talk uh and then we were gonna go see a movie after that and we were at this coffee shop like hanging out and talking for so long that we missed our movie so we basically just hung out and talked in this coffee shop for like three hours so which is basically kind of like your story but just change a venue so yeah actually uh, which is cute yeah uh no but but this is when you were like 16 uh no i was like i was like 19 oh or 18 18 19 something like that oh okay yeah yeah that's when we first started dating Yeah. I thought it was a little bit longer than that. Mm, no. So, <laughs> yeah. No, it's nope. not. <laughs> yes. Um, no, that's cute. Is it, what movie were you going to go see? I have no idea. Don't I even couldn't remember. Tell you that. <laughs> couldn't even tell you. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> well, that was that was all my lightning round questions. Okay, so okay. your turn. I really want to. You should. You should ask her and see if she remembers what movie it was. I will. I will ask her. Because I'm be very curious. What if it was like the greatest movie? Like I don't even know what that <laughs> movie would be. Uh, you just never saw like the, one of the greatest films ever made. Well, uh, it would. It would have been around like 2011 or no, it would have been 2010. What What great movies came out in 2010? <laughs> yeah, Inception. Inception. <laughs> <laughs> You just get that movie now when you buy a DVD player. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, all right, Mitch. So my first question, uh, what bothers you about music? So we talk a lot about why we love music, but what bothers you about music or the music industry, I guess? Um, Since we always talk about it in such a positive light, what don't you like about you know music or popular music or mu- the music industry? Um, I don't want to sound like too much of an old man right now, but I definitely am not a big fan of, um, these, uh, the pop singers that basically get record deals just because they're kind of famous, uh, looking at you like bad baby or Bobby, however you pronounce it. Like, uh, I don't even know who the fuck that is. (laughs) She's that, she's the cash me outside girl. Oh Yeah. She got famous because she was on Dr. Phil and made an ass of herself. And then so some record producer was like, oh, she's going to make us millions. We're going to give you all the money in the world to make your own pop album. Go. And then they did. And that's how, and that's how pop stars are made. They, uh, they pick a, you know, a young, attractive up-and-comer, and they give them lots of money. So there's not a lot of talent required in the, the music industry nowadays, especially with, uh, you know, auto-tune and, you know, things of that nature. Um, you don't really have to be good at any instruments at all, which I guess can be good or bad, kind of depending on how you look at it. So that's probably it. No, that's fair. I mean, I think technology allows, 
you know, allows us to work on music living like, you know, so far away, which is really exciting. But in the same sense, you, you have so much more access to manipulate things that you can basically get it how you want without putting in the effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which and is, one, yeah. And one other thing, like kind of the, because of technology, it's become so easy to just get stuff out into the world that there are more and more albums being put out every single day that you will never, ever have the time to listen to it. Whereas like back in the, you know, I, I think we've talked about this before. One of the reasons I don't, I think the Beatles are overrated is because when they were first putting out albums, it was like, you know, the mid 60s which there was no the you know there was all there was was the radio and tv was just kind of like becoming a new thing so if there was someone that was decently mediocre at music they could get in front of you know everybody and just make lots of money because there was like no competition now there's so much really talented competition you you think the beatles are overrated Yeah, have we not talked about that before? No, we haven't. This one might have to save that for another episode. Do you not think they're the greatest band of all time? Do you not think that every other band literally just has ripped off the Beatles since the Beatles? <laughs> I'm not saying that they're not the greatest band of all time, because I because I would be hard pressed to find another band that is, you know, as legendary as them. As impactful, but, yeah. Yeah, as impactful, but. If you, from a purely like songwriting structural, you know, point of view, I don't think their songs are that. Oh, horseshit! Their songs are not as legendary as people make them out to be. Horseshit! Maybe their early stuff, but a day in the life. Eleanor Rigby. It's good, but here's what I'm saying: (laughs) if someone, if someone today put out Eleanor Rigby. No one would fucking give a shit because they're like, oh yeah, there's so much, uh, so much really cool music going on. That's a pretty cool song. But just because when they put it out, that was the only thing that was existed. So everybody was like, oh my god, this is the most amazing thing ever. Whereas like, I know people that have written songs as good as Eleanor Rigby, <laughs> and they are not famous. Who we disagree on saying. this pretty adamantly. Well, yeah. we'll table the Beatles thing, and I don't want. I don't. Okay, we'll, okay. We'll move on because I don't. But I will say that I do think though that actually the adverse is true. Is that you said because people can you know more music is generated now than ever uh, that there's a lot of really good me a lot of really good music that you don't even have time to listen to. I actually kind of disagree. I think people now put out shittier music because there's because anyone can put out music. So yeah, I think that there is a overabundance of not great music. Now that's not to shit on like independent people who put out music. I'm just saying is that there's a lot of I I just think I think there's an oversaturation of music. Because Yeah, no but, that's definitely true. And I kind of and I actually I will agree is that if somebody writes a really really good song and puts it out, and it is as good as like Eleanor Rigby or or you know a shitty Beatles song, uh, according to you. Uh, <laughs> it it like it isn't going to have that same impact because I think it just gets drowned out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, I guess there's like two sides of that coin, but that's an interesting. T- I should have just made that my question for the episode. <laughs> right. We definitely could have harped on that for a very long time. Yeah. We, I can't believe we have never talked about that before. I am pretty open about my despise of the Beatles. No, we've no, we've never. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not gonna sit here and say that every Beatles song is great, or every Beatle every Beatles album is amazing, but uh. I, I I don't know. I disagree with the competition thing, but like I said, we got to move on because you're right. We'll talk yeah, about right, this right. for another two hours. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's your favorite board game? Uh, I have I have two. Okay. Uh, Settlers of Catan. Catan, but okay. Catan. I knew you were going <laughs> to. I knew I was going to be wrong. I knew it. <clears throat> um, and then. Uh, Ticket to Ride. Have you played Ticket to Ride? Yeah, absolutely. Super, super fun game. Yeah. 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 I dig it. Yeah. I just like those games that are like, okay, there's not a whole lot of like, you know, crazy hard rules. Um, there's a pretty easy, you know, point and you can attain it pretty fast. Like, 
my well, growing up my friends always like wanted to play risk and i've i'm pretty sure i played risk with you before and i like risk but i get tired of it after like an hour so that's why i like Catan and like uh ticket to ride because it's like you don't have to sit there for six hours playing a game it can just be like kind of a quick thing no true i mean that's fair <laughs> i mean you know that i play super intricate long pace board games uh and i do yeah. enjoy those but yeah like i think i think what's good about what i refer to as the european board game explosion in america <laughs> Is that like games like Catan and Ticket to Ride are these really simple games in their essence, but they're not, but they're not all like luck. A lot of American board games are based yeah. on luck. Right, right. That's true. Whereas, like, I mean, like what, like some of the most popular American board games are like Monopoly, which there is skill in Monopoly, but you have to rely on luck quite a bit. Right. Um, and then Life is a is one of the big and that game is just yeah. bullshit it's like the yeah, most broken exactly. you have no control over fucking anything in that game yeah which i guess is kind of a metaphor for life when if you really wanted to get into it but <laughs> oh damn <laughs> shit i just kind of blew my own mind about yeah, that game. right <laughs> but yeah no i i think those are great games i'm kind of disappointed you didn't say talisman uh talisman's pretty good yeah that's a good one i we we play that every time i i go visit you because that's a blast yeah well and i think like it's fun to have you play talisman because like <laughs> you're not into like that whole fantasy thing at all but it's fun to like see you react to it and have a good time with it and talisman's a little bit longer it's usually like a two-hour game yeah yeah but you, but it's a little bit funner like you could have more stuff happen in that so yeah yeah um, true that's a good one what about you? Would you say Talisman's your favorite? Uh, Talisman is definitely one of my favorites. I'm kind of weird now, like I, you know, because my favorite board game for a long time was Mage Knight, which is a board game that has two rule books and takes six hours to play. Because <laughs> it is a great board game, um, but it the thing is, it is impractical to play. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm still just waiting on them to release uh, Cones of Dunshire. Dude, if you want Mage Knight, I guarantee you Mage Knight is, if not as complicated, very, very close <laughs> to the complication of Cones of Dunshire. Because when he explains Cones of Dunshire, I'm just like, oh, yeah, no, I get this. Okay. <laughs> wow. Like, and when he explains, I'm like, nerd. Yeah, no, I'm like, that, that sounds about right, you know. The lumberer should be able to trade <laughs> wood for resource credits. Like, yeah, no, I totally get that. <laughs> like, it's not. Duh. Yeah, duh. Um, all right. Anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, what's your favorite show to, like, binge watch? So, like, I, well, I guess you kind of have to binge watch it. I don't know if you really do. So, for example, mine is Game of Thrones. I... Mm-hmm love if i have a free day or i'm sick or something just putting on game of thrones and just literally seven eight hours game of thrones i mean man besides the office i'm the office is always my go-to and i don't want to be boring because i've talked about it so much on here but uh it actually it kind of depends like we we'll go through like series of um like basically re-watching shit we've seen already but we'll switch it up it's almost kind of like the cycle of like uh um i'll do the office and then i'll do like new girl uh and then i'll do uh actually right now we're kind of going through dexter again which is probably one of my favorite um like series like ever except for the last season which is pretty garbage but uh no it's just that yeah it's just a really cool idea and it's and 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 i haven't seen it in a really long time so i kind of forget some of like the twists so it's a really good show oh okay yeah, I didn't know yeah. you liked Dexter that much. I love, I love Dexter. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. which is weird because like, most people kind of talk crap about it, uh, mostly because, again, that last season is yeah. Garbo McTrash. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they fucked it up pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And right now, Game of Thrones might be doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I heard about the uh, Starbucks cup uh, <laughs> thing. <laughs> Dude, people freaked out about that and i <laughs> yeah i don't know it's we can't even get into it but um, okay. <laughs> no that's a that's a good because yeah because like that's a good one because i i don't really binge 
sitcom shows like that much anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like if I really want to watch a show like over and over and over again, I really have to uh, think like uh, I don't know. It has to be a pretty intricate show, which is why yeah. like Game of Thrones is one that I like because I just love like seeing it all play out like right before me. So like I think Dexter makes a lot of sense too because I know that that show has a tendency to build. Yeah, for sure. Because he'll find somebody and like that's kind of becomes his victim and then it kind of builds up to it. Yeah. So getting yeah. to see it all happen next to each other is is yeah enjoyable. I uh, I'm really excited for the new Stranger Things. Um, yes. I, that's something I will definitely binge like the day it comes out because that's what I've done every time. Yeah. Um. So that's that's gonna be one. But I that's one I haven't I haven't really gone back to very much. Um. You know. I've I think I've only seen it the one time. Unpopular opinion. It, I don't think it's as good the second time around. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I have. Because basically what I do is every time a new season comes out, I go back, rewatch it. Um. I don't know, man. There's something about watching it a second time that it just doesn't have the same weight. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Because you know what's going to happen? or Yeah, it's like, because I don't think Stranger Things relies on that, but like when you if, you, if you go back and watch the first season of Stranger Things, which I th- think is the stronger season, I don't, second season's yeah, okay, agree. but yeah, the first season is such a solid, solid season of a show. It just gets boring because what it is is in when you watch it the first time, all those episodes are building all this tension, building all these things, and then when you go back, kind of knowing how things are going to play out, it just like none of that tension's there. Yeah, yeah. Because you know that Will's like I guess spoiler alert if you haven't seen Stranger <laughs> I don't know how you haven't, um, but like they know Will's not dead. The first half of that season is based off everybody thinking he's dead. Yeah, exactly. So when yeah, you know he's not, that makes sense. Yeah, when you know he's not dead, it's just there's like no plot. <laughs> right, right. So it's you know maybe unpopular opinion. I think it's one of the greatest shows ever, but I just think it's harder to watch multiple times through. Yeah, yeah. That's that, that makes sense about it. All right. Well, I think that was the lightning round. Uh, cool. So let's get into arguably our favorite section of the show. I'm not arguing. Are you arguing? <laughs> Are you arguing? <laughs> um, let's get into it. Mitch, what you, what, you, what you drinking there? I am drinking a, uh, from Founders Brewery. Um, it's, uh, it's called Azaka. I'm not sure. India Pale Ale. It's a, a A-Z-A-C-C-A. Azaka, Azaka. I don't know. Um, but it's an IPA and, uh, it looked pretty good. I like Founders Brewery a lot. I'm pretty sure I've had them like at least twice on this show already. So I need to switch it up. But, uh, so here it is named after the Haitian God of agriculture, the Azaka. Yeah. The, the Azaka hop has an intense tropical aroma with hints of citrus and mango. A touch of caramel malt gives a sweet backbone to support the righteous fruit character of this beer. Pouring a burnt orange color and registering at seven point, uh, 7% ABV, your taste buds will worship this heavenly hot <laughs> delight. <laughs> okay, yeah, and we till the end. <laughs> oh, so God. Freaking, uh, we're going. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> it's um, sacrilegious beer. Yeah, right. Well, that's interesting. Dude, every you I think you may have at the end whenever we stop doing this podcast, I think is when you will have drank every IPA that exists. I hope you're right. Because <laughs> I think yeah. you're pretty damn close. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did it again. I went to the store this past week to pick up some beers for the podcast, and I did one of those pick six again. And I, you can like pick six of whatever beers you wanted. And I had four IPAs in my thing, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, I only have two beers left, so I might as well get not an IPA." So it's like I gotta stop doing this to myself. <laughs> I mean, you like what you like. I mean, I resp- I mean, you have so much options being a fan of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So there is that. So yeah. All right. Well, all right, I'm, I'm gonna wait for this head to go down. You go ahead. So I'm drinking. I'm specifically drinking this for you. It is oh. the Rheingeist <gasps> Nitro 
peach cob oh cob stopper that's what it is oh my god dude i've been wanting to try that so you haven't you had have it. to let me know how it is no they they don't have it around here yet i'm too far away i'm not <laughs> near the promised land anymore <laughs> not near the promised land uh if, whenever you're in town we need to go to that bougie ass kroger i live by because they have literally i think every rank ice flavor Dang, dude. like i would love to do that yeah you'll you'll have to check it out um okay so yeah so I guess for those who don't know who didn't, I think we talked about it last episode, but it, it's called the Cobb Stopper. It is a peach cobbler ale. So we're going to see what that is like. I love ale. And they also say like something about like nitro infused or something like that. What's what's that all about? I have no fucking idea. Okay. Okay. Let me, I'm, I'll read the can. Musing on our bright and frisky peach dodo. Almost Sexy. said dill. Almost said dill. <laughs> Frisky dildos. (laughs) Frisky dildos. This not... Fuck. Whoever printed this shit... (laughs) I can't even read it, son. Because it's like white on yellow. Oh, yeah. That's not good. Uh, This this nitro nocturne is fused. Suffused? Yeah, suffused. Oh, did you look it up? (laughs) Yeah, I've got it pulled up. Uh, with a healthy so, dose of vanilla and lactose. Mmm, lactose. Mm, that's not ideal. <laughs> the result is a tart and silky reverie, revealing <laughs> notes of luscious peach cobbler, vanilla, cream, and soft spice. Dream on. That is phenomenal. So, now, did you give it? A, did you give it a shake? You're supposed to shake it. What? Yeah. That's what the website says anyway. What the? It says, give it a shake, crack open slowly, pour straight into the glass. <laughs> you fucked up the pour a little bit, huh? Okay. I'm shaking it now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shake it up. <laughs> well, here's how I f- feel about it. It is light on the peach cobbler. Which is probably a good thing. My problem is, man, this just tastes like apple cider ales. Hmm, okay. Damn. There's kind of disappointed. I mean, it's not. It's it's honestly good, but the thing is, is that there's just no. There's nothing about it that is really like blowing me away flavor wise. Like I don't get anything mm-hmm. overwhelmingly peach. I don't get anything overwhelmingly vanilla. Like it just tastes like a fruity ale. Okay, okay, yeah. So it's not bad. It's just when you say peach cobbler, you know, you kind of am expecting it to kind of taste like peach cobbler. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Maybe I just want to eat a peach cobbler. Um. <laughs> I mean, it is high on the tier list of uh, cobblers. So, <laughs> but um, I mean, maybe I taste peach. You know, maybe I'm just like thinking of artificial, art of... <laughs> <laughs> artificial peach flavoring and maybe i'm tasting like actual peaches because i'm not used to that you know what i mean so I yeah it could be it's could not be. bad or maybe it just sucks yeah i i don't think it's bad i just don't think it has anything like as promised i guess i'm just yeah. like eh, it's it's a fruity ale okay okay well yeah i, I still want to try it i'll i'll, I'll be the <sighs> judge yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll i mean you're a you're a you're a stout guy. I'm an ale. I'm the ale guy here. That is true. Actually, when I finish this, I'm gonna get a Guinness. So, <laughs> I almost drank Guinness on the podcast, but then I felt like we would have argued about it for like 20 minutes, probably, or I- <laughs> or a whole hour. <laughs> What's going on with the Haitian god of agriculture? No, it's pretty good. Um, no, I like that it's uh, uh, mm. it, it actually is super strong. Uh, it's uh they, they say that it's like a hints of caramel it is like they, they say it's like citrus and mango which i am getting a little bit of notes of fruit which is pretty cool uh but i think overall the 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 flavor that sticks out the most is the caramel so it says a touch of caramel malt gives a sweet backbone and i think that is um definitely noticeable but i think in a really really good way so overall really good flavor profile uh really good uh color to it just really good Good taste in beer. I dig it. I would drink again. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would drink again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I switched to a Guinness. So if that lets you know how I felt about that beer. And how is the Guinness? Dude. Have you had a Guinness before? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it it it. I was thinking about it today. It is my favorite beer, hands down, bar none. If there was only one beer I could drink, and I had the money to drink it, I guess it would be. Because <laughs> the only reason I don't buy it every day is because it is a little bit more expensive. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't like to drink it out of a bottle, so I got to get the the nitro cans. Mm-hmm. Which that's are, why I went and got this uh, Rolling Rock as a backup because I think Rolling Rock probably is my favorite beer, um, and it is super cheap. Great, so. great summer beer. Great summer beer, great winter beer, good Monday morning beer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's what we're drinking on. Um, so let's get into the meat and potatoes of this thing. Um, I really wonder like how other podcasts function. Do you think that they have it down so well that they're just like, all right, now we're doing this bit. I know what's coming next. Uh, I've rehearsed this like, <laughs> you know, cause I just feel like I'd say the, the podcast that people listen to have their shit together. Um, yeah. <laughs> but there are a lot of shitty podcasts out there too. Well, it's just like I've stumbled across a few. Well, like we just like we don't have a time frame. Like we know roughly where we need to be for each segment because it's about twenty minutes a segment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you know we also keep a pretty free form. So if we hit on something and we decide to talk about it forever, we will, and we try to wrap it up in an hour. So I don't know. It's just like it. It's just an interesting thought. Like how little we really structure this thing. We just we just kind of like, uh, yeah. All right, we did that. Right, that's done. All right, next <laughs> that's, thing. That's done now. That's done. No, no, I think that's that. I don't. I don't think we're doing anything too crazy. Yeah, it just. I don't know. It just made me laugh. Uh, I want to know what you're thinking about this new season of Flavor of Love, dude. It's been real. Oh, Flavor of Love. <laughs> uh, no, so I, I really had trouble coming up with a question this week, and I think it's just because, uh, and I was kind of mentioning this to you, is that you know usually like it just kind of comes to me. Like I'm just like, haven't talked to Mitch about that. I want to know how he feels, or I'm just like, oh, that will be interesting to talk about the podcast. I had nothing. Apparently, I didn't do a whole lot of thinking this week. <laughs> uh, but what I did kind of come up with today, a, th- a thought that I had is, I want to know what in life amazes you. So what I mean by that is uh, just what in life gives you a sense of wonder. And mm. and the reason I'm kind of asking is because, like, I feel like you'll have these moments of, like, where you'll be in that sense of wonder. And I just, I view it as kind of like a, like a more of a boyhood thing or like a child thing, you know, where you're just, like, totally brought back to kind of that place where, you know, things still kind of blew your mind and you just, like, got really enthralled with it. And I think that's really hard to find as an adult because your day is just kind of, in point in case, how I didn't really think about a whole lot this week. Just kind of got up, went to work, did my thing. I didn't have any big life-pondering moments this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think that... I, I think that there are things that still elicit that and people, like, you know, where... You know, you you see it or read about it or hear about it, and it just kind of like brings back all that childhood amazement. So I yeah I, I want to know what what does that to you? Yeah, no, this is super cool. Um, so it's kind of funny that you brought up like kind of like a almost boyhood like sense of uh you know almost naivety um, because I feel like a lot of adults actually don't really take the time to be amazed by things anymore. Mm. Like we don't have time to you know sit there and think about how cool this is because I've got to you know do A B and C and D. Um, so man, the last time I was like truly amazed by something. Um, and the last thing I want to do is bring up U2 again, but I'm going to use that as an example of when I went to that U2 concert, um, and also Fleetwood Mac here pretty recently, I was amazed by the, the actually kind of one of the reasons we started the, uh, the knuckleball studios, like 
you and I have this idea that music is pretty much the strongest force in the world and it can bring peace and unity to the world. Um, you know, there's that uh, everyone, you know, in the in the world speaks different languages, um, but you know, music is kind of the one thing that everybody has in common. Like every culture right. has some sort of music to it. And I think, um, and you really get to know that when you go to, you know, these, you know, events like that U2 concert where like it was full of, you know, 40,000 people that were all there singing along to one song at the same time. So at one point in the world, 40,000 people were drawn to be doing the same exact thing, watching this spectacle and just singing their hearts out. And they didn't really know why other than they just really liked this band and wanted to experience that. But music is the one thing that can like 40,000 people just stopped and thought about like this moment right here is all we have. And that amazes me. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good answer. I think you're totally right. I think that... um I think you don't have time to be racist or judgmental or anything like that when you're grooving. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Because it doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, like, one of the greatest guitarists that ever lived is black, is Jimi Hendrix. And I guarantee you there are a bunch of racist motherfuckers uh, that listen <laughs> to Purple Haze. I guarantee it. Yeah, like, it, exactly. You know what I mean? Like... I've never heard anybody make a racist argument about like white boys are better playing the guitar. I've never heard, I've never heard that. I've never heard some of the most racist people ever make that argument. Yeah, no, exactly. Because I don't think it cares. Yeah. I think when it comes to music, man, it just that doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it shouldn't matter anyways. But people people become colorblind and ignore shit. When it comes to when it comes to music, I just don't I just don't think people it, it it's just you don't have time to process it because music doesn't I don't think is is defined by the normal ways that we define ourselves. So like socioeconomic status, race, gender, creed. I don't I don't think I don't think music works in that way. It can, mm-hmm. but I think the 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 gen the genuine music the the music that kind of matters i don't think has that in there because it's about it's about being human yeah you know what i mean no exactly that's what good music's about no i i think that's a really cool answer i i think that that is i kind of had that like my first concert was pearl jam oh yeah that'd be amazing yeah because it was just all just just bouncing (laughs) like just Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um yeah, for sure. And I think we as adults need to do a much better job of learning to appreciate like what actually is amazing. Because my mind is like, you know, when when you ask me like what I think is amazing, my mind just goes to all these like things I've experienced that have just been out of this world. Like, uh, like I went to the Grand Canyon and that was one moment that I'll never forget because it was just like, wow, this is fucking crazy right now and I've, i get the same feeling when i like go to a beach and just like look at the ocean like that never ends and this is like not even all of it like this is <laughs> right. this is just part of the earth like and it, this seems like it goes on forever and ever and uh i i think there's lots of amazing stuff out there just in our own backyard that we just don't bother looking at yeah, I mean, I think that actually, because my answer would be either space or the ocean. Yeah, that's really good answers. Yeah, because I remember when I was a little kid, I I had a book about the planets, and it was this really big like picture book, but it had a like it was super big, so it would have these amazing giant pictures, and then all this text like explaining how basically the universe works. Um, but you know, in terms like a child can understand and just reading like the temperatures on like Neptune and like, Mm -hmm. you know, like learning what like, uh, like Jupiter is because it's a, it's a gas giant. It's, it's just gas, Mm -hmm. you know, is the primary makeup of that planet. 
uh, and that just blew my fucking mind. And it still does because you think about mm. Earth. It, it's just like I don't know, like whatever you're doing. If you're listening to this, like you remember Saturn? Isn't that the most <laughs> badass fucking planet ever? Like it has those the rings and those bomb ass rings around it. I mean, shit looks cool. The moons. It, yeah, like there's like all the other moons of other planets, and it's just like it just you don't think about that day to day. It's not necessarily relevant day to day, but if you stop and think about it, I think it gives you a sense of how kind of small you are. Yeah, like you yeah. really are just one very, very, very tiny piece of the puzzle. And I think I think you're right. Like I think I think like you know your your uh, thought of like live music being one of like forty thousand people uh, is the same kind of thing. It's like you're just a piece of that moment. And I think that's that's where that wonderment comes from because you 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 could kind of see the world or see things outside of yourself. Yeah, no, it definitely makes you kind of like start to, yeah, exactly. Like I said, think about things that are beyond your normal day to day. Like when you think about the, you know, the, the universe and how large and expansive it is, and it really kind of puts it into perspective, like, you know, I'm having a bad day, but who gives a shit? Because it's one day of my, I'll be here for thousands and thousands of days and this is just one of them and also not only will i be here um there's also six billion other people on the planet right now that are having a day and who am i to say that you know it it just really puts in perspective i guess like the world is so much bigger than our you know problems and quotation marks like yeah yeah and it's you know and i think it's I think it's hard for like it's hard for the people that are like poor and struggling to really look at it that way. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But I think that's the difference. So I think there is a sense of privilege to be able to sit and just be like, you know, I'm having a bad day, but you know, I have this worldview where I I can see how big the world is and understand that, you know, everything is, you know, fairly insignificant. But when you're like barely surviving you don't really have the luxury of looking at it that way yeah you're right you're right you don't have the free time to just sit around and think about the earth and shit you got bills right but also though is like but when you're in that place like your life is kind of consumed by that so like there's also kind of Mm -hmm. like a survival instinct to it too like you know you kind of have to survive so you you kind of prioritize what's important um, but I think that's what I like about the ocean is that it's a part of the earth and not incredibly unfamiliar to most people, but we've only, I mean, I wish I knew the number. I should have looked that up. I mean, we've only explored a fraction of the ocean. We barely know everything in the ocean and it's part of the earth. I think that mm-hmm. we may know a little bit more about space than we do our ocean. Yeah, that could very well be. I mean, maybe maybe not because I don't know. Space is kind of infinite, um, but it's like we have a we have a pretty decent understanding of our solar system, mm-hmm. like our galaxy. Um, but just the fact that we don't we like we don't even understand everything in our own ocean is mind blowing, and there is crazy insane shit that happens in the ocean just even even the super deep parts of the ocean that are completely black and with the with like the translucent fish that live down there and shit it still blows my mind (laughs) yeah no absolutely you're right because it's just the weirdest thing in the world to me that there's just fish that evolved because they lived in pitch black so they grew lights they grew lights and colors for yep, different reasons yep. and that just that that blows my fucking mind still. <laughs> here's a, here's an amazing fact that I heard recently. Um so this there was a study done where they took scientists took samples of they took samples of uh they swab they took like a little Q-tip and swabbed out different, you know, people's uh belly buttons. <laughs> And they studied they they studied what was in the contents of their belly buttons, and almost every single person they studied had at least one uh, 
unrecognized bacteria in there. Like, there's bacteria that we've not scientifically recognized as existing literally in our own belly buttons. And that, that, that I just heard like today and like blew my mind. Like, so I can't even imagine like how much shit of the ocean have we not explored when we're just like, we don't even know what's going on in our bodies. Yeah, literally. Like that is an enigma. We, it's like, we know more about, yeah, it's, yeah, no, that's totally it. Like we can, we could spend, we can send someone to the moon, but we're not a hundred percent on everything that grows in our belly button. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of insane. But yeah, like that mm-hmm. that is a perfect example of like what gives me that sense of wonder and like adventure and like it makes me feel like there are still things that aren't known. And that's exciting. I think I think questions and not having a hundred percent understanding of something is exciting. Uh I think I think we we need that. I think. I think. Like day to day, we get really wrapped up in, like what's, like I don't want to act like politics aren't important because they are, but in another sense, it's kind of like, it's just still such a small sphere. I don't even think like the U.S. as a whole, like our country and our politics going on in our country really are even that important in the grand scheme i mean we're just a fucking dot yeah in an infinite space so it kind of tripped out for a second <laughs> i should have done all that acid during the break <laughs> right. well i was just trying to i was trying to think about infinity and like dude yeah, have you ever just sat down and thought about infinity? <laughs> I've, it's like it's kind of depressing. It is kind of in a way, because as humans, we we have this need to like conquer and be dominant. Yeah, yeah. But we're not at all. Like we're yeah. we're frail, fragile, very you know, uh, burdened by time. But yeah, the universe yeah. is not exactly burdened by time. I remember one like specific uh, feeling I had like when I was growing up, like, um, you know, I was we've we've talked about this. I was raised like super Christian. And uh, so I remember, you know, like believing like, you know, they you went to church and they told you like, you know, if you you know, if you're a follower of God and you be baptized and you devote your life to Christ, then you get to live forever. You you die, but then you go to heaven and you get to live forever. That's the tenets of Christianity. And I remember thinking at like 13 years old, just being like, what is it? What does it even mean to live forever? Because like I'm living now. And if I did this forever, I feel like it would kind of suck if I'm going to be like, if I'm if I'm being honest, like I like my life a lot. But to do anything forever, just no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> at some point, I want to be done. <laughs> No, I think that's super interesting because I think you're right. I think that I think that is like, man, I'm fucking, I am tired. If I got to do, <laughs> I am tired. If I got to do my goddamn taxes one more time, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this was like 13. Like if I get picked in last, last in basketball one more time, <laughs> God, I hope there's not basketball in heaven. <laughs> if Stacy doesn't go to the fucking prom with me one more time. <laughs> um well you've you've touched on and and we'll wrap this up a little bit but you you have touched on i had that same exact thought um now i was a little bit older uh when i kind of you know got involved into into my religion but i had the same thought was eternity is a long time man yeah and i just kind of felt like I don't think that's really what it means. I don't think it's as literal as people like to make it. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I, I completely agree there. Yeah, because you can't, I mean, you can't exist forever. If I think yeah. that, try and choose my words carefully. If religion, if the Judeo Christian narrative says that you live in eternity, then you don't then death is not a thing if you live 
and then die and then continue and exist in eternity, death is not a thing. Now, maybe that's part of that narrative, but I also think that if, so if you believe in God in the first place, if you believe in God, you believe he has that power, you believe he created us and all that jazz. So that his plan was to make us live for a certain amount of time and then you die. So you experience life and death. Mm-hmm. So if you take death out of that equation, why do we die at all? Yeah. Because yeah. we just no, exist. I, I mean, I guess, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm like, <laughs> maybe that doesn't mean anything. It means something to me. It just makes me think that, like, if God is real and you believe in that narrative and then we die because we just naturally do, we can't live forever. Uh, which is also is making me laugh because I just think about all the conversations. The one episode we did on cryogenics. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, that's all. I've, I've been thinking about that. Yeah, coming full full circle, baby. Um, but it just it makes me think that like death is supposed to be there. Your time is supposed to be finite. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just makes me wonder, like, is the afterlife really a big a part of that narrative? Yeah, no, and uh, man, this is, uh, again, me and some hot water too, but um, I've talked to some of my friends about um, the idea of uh, uh, yeah, kind of oh, universalism, basically, and basically what that is, is uh, universalism is it was kind of like a sect of Christianity that believes that essentially everybody gets to go to heaven, and uh, Rob Bell wrote a really cool book about it called uh, Love Wins, and I'm a big fan of that book. Um, but he got a lot of crap for it in the, you know, Christian scene because he, you know, borderline came out as universalist. Like, oh, when you die, everybody gets to go to heaven. We're all good. But basically his point was meaning um, time as humans know it is something that humans created. So why would God operate on the same timeline as something that humans created? Like, you know, in the, you you know, in Genesis, when it says like, um, you know, day one, God created this day two, God created this on day three or whatever he created, you know, day and day and night. But also if it's on day three that he created, you know, light and dark, that's what we humans use to separate days. So how can he, how can we call it a physical day when he didn't create the daylight until day three. So obviously that means God's operating on some other different timeline, which means that when we die, God might not say that, Oh, your timeline's up. That means you're going to heaven with me forever or, you know, not. So no, I, I've heard this and I, I definitely like, because I think what, whatever that may answer or not answer, I think that the question or questioning it is what's important because it. I think it makes you think about that in that sense because I would I would wholeheartedly agree, and that's why I, you you know what I'll say it I'll say it I think the Bible is pretty much ninety nine percent allegorical. I don't think most of the shit in it is literal. So when sure. when yeah. it talks about heaven and hell, when it talks about the afterlife, all that, I don't think it's being literal. I don't. Um, you know. I mean, it, it it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't think the other way. Um, it, it, I think it's a, I think it's a human condition to try to un, to to try to fathom the unfathomable, and we can't. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think we do that. I don't know how this ended up so hard on religion, but. <laughs> yeah, I didn't necessarily mean to go here that Yeah, hard, I kind of but... didn't really either, because I, I, I don't know. I just I don't feel the need to talk about too much, because I am such a person that's like, you are allowed to believe. As long as you ain't hurt nobody, or you're not being, like, racist, or, you know, like, homophobic. I don't really give a shit what you believe. You yeah, believe, exactly. believe in whatever. You want to believe in the Haitian god of agriculture? You go right <laughs> a fucking head. Which I do. <laughs> Which I do now, after drinking this really good beer by Founders. <laughs> Thank you, founders. I found religion once again. <laughs> um, I just think that we can't fathom it. But boy, howdy, is there somebody up there every Sunday trying to? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. And not only trying to fathom it, trying to tell people that they've figured that it they out. figured it out. I've said it to you. I said, as soon as somebody says that, I don't believe them. 
Yep, exactly. Because I don't think you're asking the right. I don't think I don't think you're trying that hard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, anyways, we'll wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That took a weird left turn, and I apologize if that was not kind of the intended path. Yeah. But. Religion. I and I think that's why. I just that's why I stayed away. You know, that's why I think we've stayed away from it a little bit. Is because like we kind of have our own views, but we have we also have like pretty different views. Also, like we've. We've talked about them a little bit. We don't have like these super linear, hundred percent right next to each other views, but mm-hmm. I do. I really do not care. I think as long as you're not a Scientologist, then I'm okay. <laughs> uh, just, I, yeah, Scientologists are could, yeah. fucking weird. Uh, but yeah, pretty much other than that, I don't really care. Uh, so I think that's why we kind of stay away from it. But I think when you talk about those bigger understanding the world and the universe and life in a bigger context kind of leads you there. Mm -hmm. You know, at at least to think about it and ponder it. Um, But anyways, all right, well, that was interesting. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, whoa, boy. (laughs) Whoa, buddy. (laughs) Well, we we will wrap this up, and we will move on to the uh, final segment of the show. Mitch... What Haitian god have you been praying to lately? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. What you praying? Um, what you praying? Oh, boy, I do not want to go down that road. <laughs> um, all right, Mitch, what you been cranking? Uh, all right, I've been cranking. Um, uh, Bad Books just announced that they're putting out a new album this summer, and... Uh, it could be out by the time you guys actually listen to this. Not sure. Kind of dating it a little bit. But I'm pretty excited about that um, coming out. Uh, Bad Books is a very cool band. If you're not uh, ill, in, if you're ill-informed, uh, the uh, band founded by Andy Hole of Manchester Orchestra and Kevin Devine uh, started their own little side project called Bad Books. They put out two albums, and the last one was in 2012, so they have not done an actual album in seven years, so it's very exciting that they're doing something again, and I'm looking forward to it. Is it someone from the Front Bottoms? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, because I actually... I think it's just... I was talking to... I think it's just... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you go. I, I was talking to someone at work, and they said Manchester Orchestra and the Front Bottoms actually were working on something together. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I know that they're like friends and kind of like go on tours together. Um, they kind of like travel together. That's how like he and like Kevin Devine got together. Um, they would, uh, they, they actually just, um, actually that's how bad books got together. Kevin Devine and Manchester orchestra would go on tour and open up for brand new so often and brand new liked them so much that they just took them around for years. And then after a while of doing that, Kevin and Andy got to be such good friends that they were just like, let's start a band. So then they did, but I did not know about the, the front bottoms influence. Yeah, and maybe I could be wrong, but I just heard that. But yeah, that's yeah. that's interesting. I didn't I didn't know about that band at all. Yeah, no, they're yeah, they're super cool. Um yeah, and I do I I do like the front bottoms as well, so hopefully I have to maybe look into that. Well I have been cranking kinda not really one band, but kinda one band. So the main band I've been cranking lately is actually Modest Mouse. Ooh, very, very good. Similar band. Uh, good good idea. <clears throat> they just came out with a single not too long ago. Ooh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I think they're working on something new. Uh, no, I think that Float On is a modern masterpiece. Just everything from the music, from the style to the lyrics, I just think it is... It, basically, it started because I listened to... I, I listened to Float On, and I was like, I'm going to listen to more Modest Mouse. So I went back and I listened to that album. I listened to some of their newer stuff, which is really interesting. Actually, it sounds a lot like Daystat, and I know I've talked a little bit about Daystat on here, but weirdly, I don't know who's informing who, but they actually sound kind of similar. The new Modest Mouse sounds a lot like Daystat, which is weird. Interesting. Yeah, I did, I yeah. did not expect that. Never heard that correlation before. <laughs> right. Uh, so... Uh yeah, and then I also like I listen to like Cold War Kids, uh for a while. Good stuff. So basically, I went back and listened to all these indie bands that got really. Yeah. Basically, that indie explosion happened. It happened kind of like when you know we would have been in high school. It's when all these bands broke. 
basically. Yeah, yeah. That big indie vine, you know, like when like Arcade Fire was, you know, kind of making the rounds, solidifying themselves and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just bands like that. But I think Modest Mouse was Modest Mouse is the one when I because I just listen to Float On, man, and I'm just like, man, they are doing stuff on this song that is just so different. Mm-hmm. But it works. Like you don't think about it. If you listen to Float On with like a critical ear, it really kind of makes you think about the song a lot. Um because it's just the instrumentation is so weird and off and it doesn't super follow a typical structure, at least how you think instrumentation would go. I don't know, it's just very interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I went basically I just went back and started listening to a lot of those indie bands from you know, like the early 2000s. Uh, yes dude that's that's phenomenal that's uh i think i i have a well i I used to have a spotify playlist called 2005 emo (laughs) (laughs) that had a lot of cut that similar stuff i guess which is basically just emo bands i listened to in the year 2005 uh so uh and not not necessarily just emo but a lot of like um punk early you know alt uh, indie weird stuff like that. That that was just dope, man. Like, and I remember Modest Mouse being one of those. Same with like Manchester Orchestra was huge to me. So that's why yeah. I'm big into bad books. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. All right. Well, that's what we've been uh, pumping into our ear pussies. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, listeners, for pumping this podcast into your, your pussy. ear pussies. Yeah, I hope you use protection. I'm glad we can come into your ear pussy and come again and again every week until next time <laughs> until next okay. time do you have any uh do you have any uh last words uh I was seeing how long I can hold it. <laughs> 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 <laughs>